about some stuff so um, let's go take our seats and then maybe we'll get back into worship I just want to check what songs we have take this forward in faith that I have notes somewhere <laughs> sure a paper from SARS who wants to see that early in the, on a Sunday morning <laughs> anyway um, I didn't say welcome to the visitors that are visiting us welcome the new visitors, the guys that have never been here. Um, and then some other visitors that you're not visitors anymore, huh? Anime. And Liesl was. They were visitors last week, so this week they're not visitors anymore. Um, yeah, this morning. Uh, it's interesting how God speaks to us. And. Uh, Imitation is quite a quite an important part of Christianity. It's a part of important part of of our lives. 
En ik denk dat het imperatief is, belangrijk dat we eigenlijk some stuff right. Otherwise, we fall into a habit of doing things wrong. You know that habits aren't bad. There's some good habits. Brushing your teeth early in the morning. Good habit. So habits are not necessarily bad. Habits can be a very powerful, good thing in our lives. It also could be a very bad thing. So if we, if we become complacent, gelukkig met wat man het so werk, in not pushing ourselves into more uh, in God's kingdom and in God, then Christianity would become boring. And I don't know about you, but I don't like boring. Like if I watch a movie and it's boring, I switch it off. I don't finish it. And I wouldn't want us to switch off our life in Christ halfway through because it became boring. Because I don't serve a boring God. I promise you. He is new every day and every morning. And that's what Nadine was saying, is that there's a freshness available in God to us every single day. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to look different tomorrow, although I promise you I look different to the guy that got saved 23 years ago. And if I didn't get saved 23 years ago, I, would, I shudder to think what I would have looked like today. Um, definitely and you thought I was only 23 yeah? I've been saved no wait I've been, sa- I've been married for 21 I've been saved for 33 years sorry okay sorry you thought I was only 30 yeah? <laughs> anyway so Acts 2 42 fast becoming one of the favorite scriptures isn't it so imitating is an important thing and uh, we as a church try and imitate what we have seen others do before us that was right and the early church in, of Acts is being described here in these verses and it says and they devoted themselves that's a strong word to the apostles teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers and I'm not going to go further because there are a couple of things like how, how do we live the Christian life I think it's important that we know there are a couple of things that we do as Christians that make the Christian life that makes me a Christian and makes the guy that lives next door to me not a Christian and that's that it's they devoted themselves to the apostle teaching so I'm, I'm listening to teaching of an apostolic voice and I change my life when I hear it so I hear wait a minute I'm supposed to get up in the morning and pray I'm not doing that and then I change and I start doing it the amazing thing is I've seen an effect in my life because of it and and the fellowship the fellowship is not coming together on a Sunday morning Surprise! It's also coming together on a Sunday morning, but it is getting together in the week. It is having a braai. It is being able to phone somebody and say, "Hey, can you help me move?" Sorry, you couldn't help us move yesterday, but we were finished by the time you stopped working. 
we moved for Alan and Linda yesterday. Alan and Linda are the wedding. So they're not unappreciative and tired and didn't just didn't come to church. They're at a wedding today. Um, and breaking of bread. It speaks of eating together, having a bride. Uh, but also the breaking of bread, meaning uh, having, what is it, um, communion together. And we did that two weeks ago. And then there's the next one, the prayers. It doesn't say prayer, it just says the prayers. Interesting. Now, I did look up the Greek word for prayers. And I didn't make a note of it, and I couldn't, can't remember how to say it. I had Google read it to me a couple of times. Um, and I looked at what it meant, and like Uncle Jeff said, uh, it means the prayers. It's amazing. It's what the Greek word means. So I'm not going to teach you Greek. <laughs> but I did. I wanted to see are there different words used in the Bible for, for that. And well, there wasn't. It's just the prayers. Um, and it means to go and speak to God. That's what the prayers are. It means to communicate with God, to stand face to face, to uh, to be in His presence and communicate and be in relationship with Him. That's prayer. So, are we devoted to prayer in our life? Because it is something that you need to do often. Do we pray? Just to pray. Or, or do we pray only when we need something? Or when something bad happens? Um, as a congregation, do we pray? The answer there I can give you, no, we're not. We're not. But we can. Um, so on a Sunday morning at 8.30, we pray. Uh, and I'll repeat that at the end. So you can be here at 8.30 in, on a Sunday morning and pray before we have church. And what do we pray? We'll, we'll get there now. The women get together and pray uh, every second Thursday. Uh, so if you don't work, then there is a prayer time for, for, for the ladies that started getting together just feeling stirred to pray. So how, how important is pray? Well, we all always talk about revival, and we want revival. Who wants revival? A sense of like God moving among us, the Holy Spirit speaking, the town of Otsurin in revival. What would that look like? The Chinese people will start serving Jesus, right? Okay? Yeah. Everybody, like in the streets, there's a sense of every single, churches are too small. Like, we don't have enough buildings that we can have church in for everybody in Otsur. And revival would mean that we would have to have church there on the, on the lawn. And every other single church, every school building will be filled with people. And then still, we won't have enough space in Otsur. That's revival. Who wants that? Huh? Yeah, I want that. That's, that nobody is lost. That every single person in Otsurin is touched by the Holy Spirit 
and serving God. And ultimately, when they die, they can have eternity with God. That's revival. And there's been times in the world where there was revival. What led up to that revival was prayer. So this morning we spoke about worship being important, and worshiping God is important. But an interesting thing about the Welsh revival, which was in the early 1900s, was it is said that the Welsh sang themselves out of revival. So they, they prayed themselves into revival, and then they sang themselves out of revival. Today still the Welsh get together at a rugby game, they sing a spiritual song. They sing. Because the Welsh love singing. What do we do that keeps us out of revival? Because prayer seems to be the thing that will bring us into revival. Do we, we get together and we're going to pray. And uh, I've been a Christian now for 33 years. So I've seen this often. We get together, we're going to pray. And then halfway through prayer, we're prophesying over one another or speaking into one another's lives. And, uh, and prophecy is important. But sometimes we need to pray to pray. Not because we need something, but because we're praying to God and communicating with God and spending time with God and allowing God to speak back to us. So, devoted to prayer, pray. How do we pray? Do we just repeat the same thing over and over again? I think we do. So, the standard prayer, if I ask any of the kids, or kids are gone, but the youth, uh, what their parents pray before they eat. We still pray before we eat? Yes? Uh, so then they'll, they'll be able to say what they say in their house before they eat. Uh, Diesel's brother has this thing that he says that I don't even know what it is, but it's very fast. Um, yeah, she also doesn't know, but she's heard it a lot of times. It sounds like some other language, actually, is the fastest to go. I go like one, two, three, let's eat. You know, isn't that, isn't that what we say? Thank you, Father, that you are here and for your many blessings. We ask that you bless the food to our bodies and the hands that prepared it. And maybe we can add that to our bodies to your service. The food's getting cold now. And make us truly thankful. Amen. Right? That's round about right. So in our house we have a little thing. If somebody does that, and unfortunately my kids have done this with people that visited us, they would go ding, 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 ding. It's like little little bell ringing, boring, you know. God's just fallen asleep while you were talking to him because he's heard this so many times. He's going like, okay, is there a tape recorder somewhere that they just press play on? And I might be stepping on some toes, but, well, at least the youth still think it's funny. Because <laughs> they hear this, they've heard this, they're going to imitate us one day. Scary thought, when you have kids, that's what you're going to sound like. You're going to do exactly what your parents did. Religion is dead, guys. God is alive. What does it mean when we say things? Do we even listen to ourselves anymore? 
Um, my mom's a teacher, and she once told me this story. Uh, they had a they had kids in the school, and they were praying. They were doing the Our Father prayer, and then she was standing close to a little girl that was new in the school, and they were doing the Our Father, and she heard this little girl pray, and she was saying this. Our Father who lives in heaven, hello, what is your name? You know, the original one was, hello, be thy name, right? But this little kid didn't know what hello means. So she was just imitating the best she knew. I think her prayer meant more. Do we even listen to what we are saying? Does it still mean something when we say that our Father? Is it a faithful prayer? This is not my notes, but I heard this story that there was a guy that sang the Our Father once and uh, like a very good baritone voice, amazing performer, and he sang the Our Father. And the people were amazed how good he was. Like they were moved by the music. It was amazing how good he was. And, and they, they stood up and they applauded. It amazing. And then the old lady got up. And she sat, said to our father. And everybody cried. Everybody was moved. And he went to her and he said, how did you do that? How did you move the people like that? Because I did everything I know how to. And she said, you know what? You know the our father. But I know the father. Same words, different spirit. A faithful prayer. So when we speak to God, our prayer needs to be faithful. We speak to somebody that's there and alive. It's, thank you that you are here. We start our prayer. It's like, isn't that weird? God is here. He's here anyway. Be with us today. And I'm not saying we can't say these words, but do we still know what we are saying? Are we saying them? So, I spoke to the youth about prayer um, early this year, last year, early this year. And, um, and there are a couple of things that we shouldn't do. Um, maybe what, what's the other there's a in Luke 11 verse 1 uh, this is the one thing that the disciples actually asked Jesus it was Jesus was praying in a certain place and when he finished so he prayed and he finished and one of his disciples said to him Lord teach us to pray as John taught his disciples they were envious Prayer was a big thing for the Jewish people. They prayed all the time. But something of what Jesus was doing was so attractive that his disciples said, you know, we need this. Teach us to pray like you're praying. And that's where the Our Father comes from. Jesus taught his disciples. And it's in the Gospels twice. It's in Luke 11, and, but we're going to look at Matthew 6 in a while, just now. 
we'll look at, look at what Jesus answered when he was asked. He went shorter than me. <laughs> he, only, he only had a couple of words to teach them to pray. Why am I taking more time? I thought about that. Why, am I, why was my preach going to be like 30 minutes to do the same thing that Jesus did in a couple of lines? Almost, maybe because they saw his example. They already knew. They walked with him. They wanted to follow him. They were already imitating him. So he just said, just like this. Just gave them a couple of lines. What should we not do? Well, here's a couple of pointers for prayer. When we get together um, in corporate prayer, here are a couple of things that we shouldn't do. So this is what I said to the youth. Um, don't change your voice. Oh Lord, thou art so wonderful. Thine will be done. Thine kingdom come. I'm rhyming. God knows me. He's not impressed. Maybe I'll impress somebody, but I'm not going to impress God. And it's to God that I'm talking. Don't change your voice when you, when you speak to God. Don't bring your pet theology to prayer. Okay, so we do this. So I have a pet theology. Let me see which one. Uh, I made a note, so don't, 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 go, don't go off the topic. Uh, yes, okay. So my pet theology is, Oh Lord, we know that you heal us. We know that you supply all my needs. Is that my pet theology or do I need something? And I'm hinting so that the rest of the people that are listening can hear me. You know? But we do this. We bring, we bring our little thing. And then because somebody is bringing their pet theology into prayer, corporate prayer when we all pray together, there's another person with a different slant on theology. So then we get a prayer war going. So we've got one person saying, thank you that we are saved by grace. And then the next one goes, help us to do your will and remain in your hand. And we're going like, which one is it? <laughs> Are we saved by grace or should we do works? I'm not sure anymore. Don't bring your pet theology to prayer. It's not our time to preach. Um, don't pray to be seen. So this is Matthew 6. Um, when they asked Jesus, teach us to pray, Matthew recounted like this. It says, and when you pray, it's interesting, they asked Jesus, what, how, how should we pray? And Jesus starts with what, how you should not pray. <laughs> so he says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Hypocrites are saying, the people that say one thing, but they do another. For they love to stand and pray in synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. So sometimes I think we wonder, why are my prayers not answered? Well, Jesus' answer there is, well, if you've been seen to pray, 
you've got what you asked for, you were seen. So now you've asked God to do something else, but he, he's already, you've, you've got your reward. <laughs> Truly I say to you, they have received the reward, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So there's a sense of a personal and private walk with God in prayer. Close your door and spend time with God in prayer. There is also the place where we all pray together. So then, but bring the same heart when we pray together. Not one to be seen to say nice things. Now that takes the pressure off. So who of us feel a little bit weird when we stand in a circle and we need to start praying? Come on, let's be honest. Hmm? It's like, what am I going to say next? Will I sound okay? Will I, will I say the right thing? Will my English be okay? <laughs> Pray in Afrikaans, guys. Let me take the pressure off. Delicate Afrikaans, but... God verstaan Afrikaans. Misschien gaan hy net in Afrikaans praat in die hemel, en dan gaan allemaal wat Engels is, baie weird voel in die hemel. But that's okay. Isn't it? Huh? Are you moving for what? What do you think God speaks? Huh? It's a Sutu. <laughs> Not. <laughs> also, then we're all in trouble. We're going to get those... And all wrong. <laughs> but God is okay. When we're in heaven. In heaven we will know. That is right. When we get there, it's not going to matter. Afrikaans, English. We won't even notice. But it might be Afrikaans. <laughs> but would I sign okay? Am I saying the right thing? You know that you don't need to worry about that. It's, it's actually, if we're all just ourselves, then there's no pressure. Because it's just, it's just me speaking to God. And we did a thing with the youth where I said, okay, you can only say one word. One word. So we're going to pray. Each one's going to get a turn, and we went in that little circle, so everybody knew it was coming. There's no not getting your turn. And I said, you can say only one word. We pray. And it doesn't even need to follow one on the other. But by the fifth kid that said a word, the Holy Spirit was there, present. I could feel it. One word, each Holy, glorious, wonderful, Savior. <laughs> Moves me. Um, yeah. Then we did one sentence. And we went around again. And that was even better. My point is. We don't have to have long prayers filled with scriptures that we've memorized. 
There's no theology needers. We don't have to be eloquent in our language. Paul made it very clear that he used simple Greek when he spoke to the guys in, in the different churches. Because he didn't want to speak in a, in, a, in a dialect which made him sound great and eloquent and fantastic. He wanted to, he wanted to, he made, he made a note of it to sound simple and plain. So that Christianity didn't sound, if it listened to him, like it was something that was unattainable, something that you can't get a hold of. I can only be a spectator of that type of thing. And isn't it that guy that sang, that our father, we can only be a spectator? My voice is broken. I can't sing anymore. So I can only watch that. But this morning's worship, I could join in. And prayer, I can, I can say a simple prayer. I know how to do that. So do we start our prayer maybe with hearing God? God, you're so wonderful. What is it this morning that you want to do with us? Where do you want me to go? How do you want to direct my steps this morning? So, what should we not do? At the end there, Jesus says we shouldn't lie when we pray. It doesn't say in that many words, but he does. He says, uh, the Lord's Prayer ends with, give us uh, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And then Jesus explained and he says, uh, see, if you forgive other sins, your father will also forgive your sins. So Jesus says, Paul, you can't lie when you're praying. Tell the truth. And it's, it's, it comes in also with the part where be yourself. Because pretending to be better than I am, it's not going to impress God. Okay. So let's look at what I said. Um, let's look at Jewish prayer. Psalm 86. Verse 11. The whole of Psalms is filled with prayers. If you don't know what to pray, just open your Bible at Psalms and read it. And, and, and just mean it when you read it. It's like most of the songs that we sing to this day is based on what Psalms says. And most of it's David praying. But here's David's prayer. It says, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your heart, your name. There's a prayer. Teach me always, Lord. And that's what his disciples said. It said, and verse 12 says, I will praise you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. Show me your way. So, What did Jesus answer? Let's quickly look at that. Matthew 6 verse 5. So we, we've looked at what we shouldn't do. 
So what should we do? Well, don't try and impress God. And then verse 7. And then he said, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. I think I dealt with it. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need even before you ask Him. So pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy are you, God. God, you are great. God, you are wonderful. It's our Father. It's not just my Father. We are family. And it's our Father. We all have a part in it. It's not the Father. It's our Father who are in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Holy are you. Incredible. Wonderful. Fantastic. Wunderlich. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. God, direct my steps. God, lead me. Show me your way. And I think often we could actually just end here. Because we're so quick to move on from this point. Where we say, God, you are wonderful. And, and you've made everything. And you've blessed us so much. And thank you for everything. We're so quick to go on to what we need that we very often skip the part where we say, God, tell me what you want me to do before I get into what I need. Lord, what do you need from me? What is it that I need to do differently? How do I change? God, help me change. And then we can ask God, because he said we can. He says you don't have because you don't ask. So should we come to God in prayer and ask? Yes. In all prayer and supplication, make your needs known to the Lord. So yes, we can come to God and ask. We have freedom to run to our Father and ask him anything. Do I believe in prayer that heals the sick? Yes, I do. Bad nuts there. I didn't know about the drowning thing. You're going to have to tell me about that. <laughs> but Bernard was diagnosed with cancer. And the church prayed for him. I didn't even know Bernard then, but I prayed for him. Because there was a call in Josh Jim, Bernard has got cancer, will you pray? So we prayed. And he was healed. And he's just gone for a scan again. And he's still healed. There was a, there was a, a message that went out recently across Josh Chen of a lady in, I don't know which congregation, Wooster or somewhere. A lady that had cancer and they prayed for her and she was healed. Now we hear this all the time. And sometimes you can think, well, mm, 
Did it really happen? Well, in this case, I saw an x-ray of somebody's body. And you can read her name and the date of the x-ray on it. So it's all there. And she has no more bone in, like, her, her pelvis bones. You saw that too. Andrew posted it on Facebook. And her pelvis was eaten away by cancer, like gone on the x-ray. Don't need to be a doctor to see that there's some missing stuff here, like severely gone. I don't think she could have walked. And then there's a second x-ray, and the date is about six months later on the second x-ray, and she's got a pelvis. Now, you don't need to be a doctor to know that that doesn't happen. You can't go and grow a pelvis. So the church got together, they prayed for her, and God healed her miraculously. I didn't send that out because that was the same time that Lolly died. <laughs> I didn't even know her well. But in Otsuren, there was somebody that passed away from cancer. And the church also prayed for her. So we can pray, we can ask God, but not everybody's going to get healed. And we have to let God be God. We have to. We can't, prayer is not manipulating God. So, prayer is not where I come to God and say, I command this sickness to leave your body. If God tells you to say that, say it. But don't imitate somebody that has done that. Because who am I? I have no command over viruses. I think we know that by now. Masks, no masks, everybody got it anyway. <laughs> the government definitely doesn't command COVID-19. I don't either. God does. So can I ask God? Yes. Will he do it? Sometimes. But should we ask him? Yes. Should we have faith? Well, he can. I have great faith in that. I have prayed for somebody that was almost dead and he didn't die. And he lived another two years, gave his life to the Lord. Your teacher's husband. Yeah, she wanted to know who. I had, an, I had a cousin who almost died. I'll tell you that story in detail. A car drove over him. He's still alive. We prayed for him as a church. We also have x-rays of him. One broken, one healed. That was a couple of hours. So I've seen it. I can testify to God's greatness. Have I prayed for people that didn't live? Yes. Some of my dearest friends. We prayed for, for them. They died. But God... But God. So, my point is not healing. My point is prayer has power. And it can move God's hand. So, Moses. He moved God's hand. In prayer, he spoke to God. And he said, God, but 
God said, this is about Israel. So here's a scary thing. God looks at Israel and he says to Moses, you know what, I'm fed up. This is it. I'm going to kill all of them, wipe them off the face of the earth. I'll start again with you. I made a promise that through Abram, the world will see me and the world will get to know me. But I'm changing my plan. I'll still do it through Abram. But this chapter is going to say that Israel was there and I wiped them off the face of the earth and I started with Moses. So it would have been the God of Abram, Isaac, Joseph, Moses, and then another person. That would have been the history then. But Moses changed history. Moses went, God, wait before you do that. You are quick to forgive. You are wonderful. You have mercy. Your heart is for the people of Israel. And then he threw in an extra bit and he said, God, but what would the nations around us say? They would say that you are terrible. (laughs) He did do that. (laughs) And God went, okay, Moses, I'll tell you what. That's great. Um, um, You're right. I'll forgive them. But I'm not going with them. You go on your own. I'll send an angel ahead of you. They'll take the land for you. No fight. You just walk into the promised land, like I said. And Moses knows God. He's a friend of God. And he says, God, if you don't go, I don't go. Then you take the people with your angel. Kill me now. But I can't go without you. You know that that means that Moses never entered the promised land. He could have, but without God. He could have led the people of Israel victorious into the land with an angel killing everybody. But Moses said, knowing God, said in prayer to God, God, no, your way, not my way. Not the easy road. Let's do it your way. Are we willing to pray those prayers? Which will end up more difficult for me than easy. I have a strong belief that God's way for my life is more glorious. Well, definitely longer, because if I didn't have God, I would be dead by now, I think. But I think, in a way, harder. Because to walk God's road is going to be like there's some promises in the Bible for Christians. So for guys that's just giving their hearts to God, it's like there's some some promises that we don't tell people that just get saved. Um, it's well, you know what? The world will persecute you for your faith. So if you stand up for God, the world will point at you and say, oh, "We don't like that." Your will, God, not mine. And then, once you've gotten there, like really gotten that in your heart and prayer, God, your will, not mine. Then you go, God, can you give me my daily bread? Will you supply 
our daily bread and forgive us our debts. Quickly, he moves on, doesn't he? From daily bread to debts. <laughs> to forgiveness. <laughs> Very quickly asked something and then went on. Say, and forgive us. But we can ask for daily bread. Guess what? He's not asking for steak, chops, and ice cream afterwards, three-course meal. Very bare essentials here. Just my needs. In Luke 11, after this, after he taught them, Luke brings the perspective that Jesus said, you know what? Your father knows what you need before you ask him. So you can ask him, but he knows and he will supply in abundance. And I can also testify to that. Not only am I still alive today, which I think I wouldn't have been, I am living in God's blessing. Why? I have no idea. Because I don't deserve it. I don't deserve, I don't deserve to have my wife. She deserved somebody much better than me. Sorry, it was God's plan. <laughs> but she was. She was the head girl of a school. <laughs> Mary Poppins. <laughs> Did everything right. Like, even more so than her parents, even. She did everything right. Like, they've said, like, we have no idea where she came from. <laughs> Gave her heart to the Lord when she was a young girl. And then, what did I do? I did everything wrong in school. But God, but God broke into, why? I'll tell you why. My mom's prayers. My mom and my grandmother prayed for me. I had no chance. <laughs> I could run, but I couldn't hide from God. Spiritful prayer from my mother saved my life and my grandmother. My mother used to pray that when I went out at night, it would be terrible. And it was. Somehow it was. The party would just not work. I once went to I'm going way off. I once went I once went to a, a thing in Stellenbosch where there was a guy that they said he could switch lights on and off and bend spoons. And they were, by the word of two or more, right, we established the truth. Testimony, Bible teaches us that. So there were two or more people telling me this. That they've seen him bend spoons and switch the light on and off without touching it. I can also switch the light on and off. I'll show you. <laughs> but not by not touching it. <laughs> so and it was before Google Lights, right? So it's not a it's not a Bluetooth trick. Now it's easy. Google, switch off the light. <laughs> but I went. I want to see this. I wasn't saved. So what would the... If he impressed me, what would I have done? I might have followed him. So I want to go see, does this happen? So I walk in. There are a couple of us, like 10 people and this one guy in Stellenbosch. And uh, 
the New Age movement sent this guy to Stellenbosch to impress and influence students. So there we are. Nothing works. Light doesn't go on and off. Spoons don't bend. He's a fake. He's a fake. <laughs> so I walk out. I go like, I told you, fake. They tell me when I left, the spoons bend and the light switched on and off. I never believed them because he couldn't show me. Now I believe he did it. Not through his own power, but the power of the spiritual realm where some very big demon was bending a spoon for the people's entertainment and switching a light on and off. Because the spiritual is that real. It's not hard for the devil to switch a light on and off or bend a spoon. Right? And he likes entertaining, so he'll do it. But when I was there, not because of me, but I believe because of my mom's prayers, he couldn't. He was bound by my mom's prayers over my life. You will not impress this boy. And I walked away going, fake. Which enabled me to come to God later and realize the realness of of all of this. So, by the time that we ask God with our hearts there, your will, not mine, we don't need that much. Supply us our daily bread and forgive us what we have done wrong. I do stuff wrong every day. With my kids, my wife, my car. Spend something I shouldn't have spent. Didn't spend something I didn't should have spent money on. I still owe you guys money. Should have paid you by now. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. Forgive us our debts. <laughs> As we forgive others. Does it show our heart there? So, what I would like us to be is a prayer-filled church. The result could be revival. The Welsh, one or two people from the Welsh revival, was an old lady who started it in her room with her door closed. God, send your spirit. God, send your spirit. Come and touch the youth. Your way, God, not ours. God, send your spirit. That brought about the Welsh revival. It made people, other people, sporadically want to pray to God. The same message. God, send your spirit. That moves God. So I would like us to be like that. On a Sunday morning at 8.30, you can be here. And we can ask God together to send His Spirit. To move in this meeting. To guide the words of whoever speaks. To show us prophetically what He wants for us. The picture Amanda has for us is a glorious one. 
that she brought this morning. Access to the Father. What Siggy said in prayer this morning. Just because you have access doesn't mean that you participate. It's like having a ticket to go to the movies, but then you don't go. We have access to the Father. Do we use it? We can worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Do we do it? We can pray together. Do we do it? So, this Thursday at half past eight at number five, number 25 Albert, Katie's house. Katie's house, number 25 Albert Street. At half past eight. Ladies. Not ladies only. Men can come, right? Yeah. Guys that don't work at half past eight. Next month, well, we'll have combined community as this, and we'll pray as a congregation. I think it'll be at Tin Freda Street, just for space. But let's pray together then as a congregation and let's see where this goes. I would love us. And then the other thing is, we don't have to get together to pray. You can pray. And now we know how. Simple words. So, in Andrew's words, how do we land this? I would like us to pray for five minutes. Let's just where you are, move your seats. <laughs> like four people together, maybe five. Why small groups? So that everybody can have a chance and not feel pressure to sound great. One word. It's all you need. We don't have to have long stories and sentences and quote scripture. So we're not going to get back into this order again. So you can move your seats. Just sit together. Four people, five people maybe. And let's allow God to direct what we pray. What is this this morning that God wants to say?